In a world where boring sports talk has taken over the airwaves, breaking the mold of basic opinionated sports talk, just a bit outside, he tried the corner in this. There, Reggie, uncensored and off the chain. I'm sorry, I don't know what just happened. No Boundaries Sports Talk Radio with your hosts, Derek Fuger. But to be the man, you gotta beat the man, and I'm saying, woo, right here. And Greg Wiley. The cream of the crop, and there is no one that does it better. For raw, uncut sports on a different level than you're used to. So grab some snacks, turn up the volume, and enjoy sports with no boundaries. Nobody does it better. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Craig, and I'm back with my boy, Derek. Y'all know what time it is. No boundary sports talk. We have been gone for a few years. God has graced us with an opportunity, and uh, I got to give my boy a little time here. Derek, how you doing today, bro? I'm great, man. It's great to be back. You know, uh, it's going to be a little different of a format compared to what we were. I want it to be, you know, uh, a type of podcast where me and you are having a smoke sesh and we're just debating sports. I don't want it to feel like an organized show. I want it to be simple, relaxed, and I want us to have a good time and have a good time. Organized chaos. Yeah, exactly. I want us to specifically talk about certain points and it's not going to be your everyday sports topics. You know, it's going to be things that we find. Because there's certain arguments on the internet every week that I feel like always popping. Everybody sees it. And everybody starts arguing it. Now it's going to be a chance for me and you to kind of argue that that topic that we see on the internet. Oh, week, so. easily. And, and and I think what's what we decided and we changed about this. And we will be having Zach in here from time to time. So uh, Zach will be back. He's maybe, still a part of the crew. But maybe he, even one Chad Brockoff. Maybe Chad Brockoff. We may even get a little Michael Vilches action. Oh. Pena, my boy Eddie. Eddie said he's down to come in with us. Uh, probably going to be bringing back some Buck That podcast with with uh, Pena. Yeah, and, more uh, than merrier, man. So we got a few things going on here, but. What we wanted to do, right, is is something different. Most sports podcasts, like even how we were doing it before, we were talking about like, oh, the Sunday games, we're picking them and different things like that, which you get everywhere. But now we're going to have topics, just different discussions that, you know, on the social media, as we start building everything up and getting things back on point and everything, you're going to be able to comment. We'll be taking clips and putting it on our, our, our Instagram, different things like that. I've even been thinking about, like, it might be time for me to make a TikTok. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, I've been bro. so anti-TikTok, yeah. but I've heard, like, so many good things about it. So, will High C, a.k.a. Craig, break down and make a freaking... The talk? The talk. I might, I might, I might talk out with my never mind never mind maybe, maybe when we get some cameras in here we can do like some sports talks like ones that we find like funny ones and react to them we, and stuff we, like that we can maybe, we can you know, we, we can. can brainstorm all types of ideas. a little no boundaries tiktok i'm down for it but you know another thing that i, I want is is like we want to kind of like bring things for the culture as well you yep. know we want to bring sneaker news music news you know me and craig are also big avid music listeners you know what i'm saying and craig more so myself that but at the same time, like, we don't want this to be a specific sports show. It's still No Boundaries Sports Talk, but that's the, where the No Boundaries comes into play at. We have no boundaries on whatever the hell we want to talk about. And so, to be honest with you, there's actually a topic musically that I'm going to be discussing on just another convo. We're going to be recording that next week, so be on the lookout for that. But Billboard Music released the top rap groups of all time, and the list is 
by Suda. I will be talking about that, so stay tuned. We'll get some conversation with uh, Judy. We'll get some conversation with with Johnny. And, hell, maybe depending on what they record, I think next Saturday, if you want to come in and chime in on that that topic, you're more than welcome to come in. But uh, we do have a very exciting show for you guys today. And I say you want to roll into this first topic? Yeah, absolutely. Uh we uh like I said, we 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 we're trying to figure out things that we want to talk about every week and this week we we landed on, you know, top 5 wide receivers in the last 5 years. And you know, that list could be continuous, it depends on who you want. But you know, and I talked to Craig, you know, and I told him like I kind of want us to have days where we're kind of arguing with each other because, you know, that's what's going to make it more real. I mean, we can't ad- agree on everything all the time. That's what's going to make it kind of boring. Well, and, and you know, so on certain topics, even if we agree, we got to bring the devil advocate point across kind of like what Zach used to do sometimes. I mean, it, it there's there's always going to be the other side of the spectrum. Yeah, absolutely. Zach's definitely one of the people that have the devil advocate side every single time, especially when he talked about, oh, Kirk Cousin. <laughs> Yeah, he loves some Kirk like, Cousins. You gotta be an OG fan to know about Zach's love for Kirk Cousins. I tell you that right hey, now. Hey, but I'm gonna give Zach some props on that one. Hey, at the end of the day, Zach was—I mean, he didn't bring quite get the championship love, but Cousins has been a solid quarterback. I mean, yeah, I guess so. He also had a star-studded receiving group to throw it to. Not even gonna talk about Justin Jefferson and especially the young rookie they got right now, the one they drafted in this past draft. So I mean, I like how you brought up wide receivers there. Hey, but top ten or top five wide receivers in the last five years. So, like I said, this list could go any way you want it to, and I wouldn't be surprised if me and Craig have a few in the top five. But, you know, Craig asked me a question, and I'm not going to have to delay that, uh, display that question right now to you because I want you to be the judge of it, and we can talk about that once you name that person because I'm obviously you're going you're gonna to talk about them. But then again, you know what I'm saying? Like, the thing about this, this, comp, this, this topic right here to me is it's like every year there's somebody new leading the wide receiver or, or receiving group in yards every year. It's always different. There's yes. not, it's, there's not, hasn't been a consistent player doing it since Calvin Johnson on this. Obviously. And, and there's actually a couple of guys that aren't on this list that I'm, that I'm going to read to you guys in a minute because they are younger guys and they've only been in the league less than they've been in the league less than the five years that have have you know we're about to talk about. But there's still guys who who have been in the league less than that five years who who definitely deserve to be in that top five. You know what I'm saying? So. That's the that's the great thing about you know what we're gonna bring to it is just the dynamic of who we think is the the best. Not I don't want to keep it by stats, you know what I'm saying? Because statistically, some of these guys the numbers really aren't there because whether it's a suspension that they had or injury use, we still know what or they can do on the field. Double the teams, top. exactly. So. I mean- so, but uh, number five, number five, what well, do you think you want to start with? You want to stop at one or you want to start at five? Well, I, I was going to read the top ten. Okay. Should I go from ten to one or one to ten? According to what list? This is a list on statmuse.com. This is the top five receivers or the, the top receiving yards over the last five years. So this is just strictly on yards. So this is stats. So this this, this is this the top is based, five, top ten guys off of stats. Off of stats. Okay, and I'll, I'll go I'll go from ten to one. Got you. Do the do a little countdown. At number ten, Keenan Allen. 
who is a guy who probably could be a little higher on this list. He, he's dealt with some injuries. Well, that's exactly what I said. There's a guy who could be. There's guys who could be on this list who had that talent but dealt with injuries and uh, suspensions, everything like that. So that's a great name, actually. Pretty. This is a pretty damn good list, and I, that, that's why I wanted to read the top ten because I don't feel like necessarily the the, the top five. So does it give their yards next to the to the? Yes. So tell so, me tell me the yards as well. So what's so games now? in seventy two games. He's got 5,277 yards. Pretty good. Next on the list at number nine, Tyler Lockett, 80 games, 5,284 yards. So, like, literally, like, so a, this a is pa- the last five years, right? Yes, over the last five over years. Over the last five years. Number Tyler one, Lockett? Tyler Lockett. He's been balling under the. Wow. Uh, quietly. You got to remember, like, those first couple years, I don't think he got as much, but, like, the last, like, three years, he's been. And he, what was his what was his numbers? 80 games played, 5,284 yards. Wow. So that's eight games more than Keenan Allen, but Keenan Allen is obviously doing it with more yards per game, it sounds like. Yes, it sounds like he has bigger chunks. Yeah. Amari Cooper, 79 games, one game less than Tyler Lockett, 5,333 yards. So a little bit higher, but a little bit better average. Here's one. Talk about suspensions and maybe even some injuries. I can't remember fully. DeAndre uh, Hopkins, D-Hop. What what is he's number nine or number eight? Seven. Seven. And he still he had a six-game suspension last year, Mr. Craig Wiley. And he what? Out of everybody on this list, only one person on this list who's actually the one above. D Hop, who actually had quite possibly the best wide receiver uh, statistical year two years ago, I believe, has done it in less games. DeAndre Hopkins in 66 games wow. has wow. 5,433 yards. That's unheard of. That's unheard of. Snapping. Quite frankly, if that guy right there isn't in your top five receivers in the NFL, being at 31 years old, I don't know who who if I would love to hear your list if you don't have D Hop in that top and, five. And who's been dealing with some stuff. A lot and, of and stuff. hasn't necessarily had the best quarterback either. And if you look at it, look how much drama he's had to deal with. He had a br- drama with Bill O'Brien and the Texans. He got traded to Arizona. Last year, he said he had the PED or thing where he suspended for six games. Him and Kyler Murray were getting into it. This guy has had so much drama in his whole career. Had Deshaun Watson, I mean, who was who was solid, but he hasn't had like this. He hasn't had the best quarterback, like the statistically best quarterback. Deshaun Watson was at the getting rubber tugs at the foot massage place right next door. That's exactly <laughs> what it was doing. Allegedly, facts. <laughs> Maybe NDAs say otherwise, but anyways. Hey, listen, Cooper Cup. That's a guy right there who, in my opinion, who's so fucking rela- reliable. Six, uh, 66 games, or no, 65 games, my bad. 5,460 yards. So one game less than D-Hop and, and only is and edged him out of, uh, by what, like 90 yards? There's a, that, that guy right there, he might go down as one of the most, as the most receiver who's caught the most passes because i i don't think he's gone i think this last last year with matthew stafford there was multiple games he had over 10 catches 
Like, the dude is so reliable with Listen, the Rams. It's unbelievable. Cooper Cup might be the baddest white boy who ever played wide receiver. Heard that. He man. a bad man. I heard that. And, Mama, and, there goes and, that man. And, and and that's not taking nothing away from 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 your boys over in the the, the Patriots. You know, Julian no, Edelman and uh, Danny Amendola. There's been some some great guys. But, man, Cooper Cup, the stuff that he does is is just amazing. Number five on this list. This is where things start getting interesting, in my opinion. Number five on my list, if anybody who knows me knows this dude's on my top five okay. anyways. All right, never mind. I know who it is. He's from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> I know who it is. I'm going to give you a little info on him when we get into our, our actual list. Honestly, I think this dude deserves to be in the top five. If you, Honestly, he really does. Just survive the – I know what stat you're going to bring up, and I'm going to let you bring that up. But I'm going – that's specifically reason why I think he deserves to be in the top five. Ten games more than D-Hop. He's only played 10 more games than D-Hop because he, he's been banged up yeah, and stuff too. Absolutely. 5,846 yards wow. in 76 games. Wow. Dude's a, he's a bad man. He's a bad man. Uh, he, he's one of those guys, in my opinion, he's he has the kind of a like, – that's like – to me, he's like another Megatron, like just big wide receiver, big catch radius. He, he, he's going to be a guy that, that you can depend on always – um, moving along, number four on this list, actually a pretty dope receiver. I like him a lot. 79 games, so only three more games than Mike Evans, and he has 6,340 yards, Mr. Stephon Diggs. See, this is where it starts getting the elite, the elite players, in my opinion, at this position, because you just named Stephon Diggs, who's had 79 games, and he had 6,000 yards? 6,340. He had the same amount of games played as the number nine player or eight player in Tyler Lockett, or one game Amari less, Cooper. Amari, Amari Cooper. Cooper, and he's had almost 1,000 yards more than him. Yep, Amari had, uh, has 53-33, and he has 63-40. And we're talking so about a, a Stephon Diggs who's only been with the Bills for three years. So two of those years he was getting those passes from Kirk Cousins. So and granted, I'm not, and, I, and I, the reason I say this is because I don't want people to say, "Well, he's had Josh Allen, of course he's going to be." No, he had Kirk Cousins for those two of the last five years, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I'm pretty sure this is his third year with the Bills. So, this actually might be his his third year now. Yeah, 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 that's what I'm talking about. This is his third year with the Bills. Yes. So then it had been three years of Kirk Cousins, there two with Josh Allen. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so that just shows you how good of a wide receiver Stephon Diggs actually is. But the thing about that is there might be a little bit of – some Bills fans might call me crazy, but there might be a little bit of tension there, man, because I know Stephon Diggs really wanted another receiver to compliment him, and I'm not taking anything away from Gabe Davis because Gabe Davis is a great wide receiver. But at the same time, I don't think Gabe Davis can be that downhill – that down uh downfield threat like Stefan Diggs is. And 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 I did look up look him up personally on the stats in the last three years in Aaron Buffalo and then he had the two years prior with okay. Kirk Cousins. So it was two years with Kirk, three years with Josh Allen. Which still some pretty solid quarterback. Sixty three hundred receiving yards in seventy nine games. Amazing. Wow. Number three on the list. What if I told you? Wait, I thought Stefan Diggs was number three. No, he's number four. So Evans Mike was Evans five. Number five. Okay. Travis Kelsey, not even a wide receiver. He's a tight end, po quite arguably the best tight end 
in the league for the last decade uh, definitely is going to go down in history. To me, it's like, um, to me, this is like a Tony Gonzalez type, honestly, ironically, who actually played for the Kansas City Chiefs as well for a part of his career. Like, he's just, I don't know the luck the Kansas City Chiefs have had with tight ends. Yeah. But going from Tony Gonzalez to Travis Kelsey, that's that's not a bad, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you made out pretty good with that. Arguably two of the best tight ends in, NFL in history. the top five who ever played the game has played for the Kansas City Chiefs. For sure, yeah. for sure. You got to throw Gronk in there too. But we'll, oh, yeah. I'm sure we'll have a tight end discussion on one of these days for sure. You know we're going to have – we got we to show love to the big guys with hands. The reason why I say this is I'm glad you brought it up because next show I might even want to do that just because I literally seen Tony Gonzalez on Traffic Kelsey and Jason Kelsey's podcast talking about top five tight ends. And Kelsey was too humble and was like, I didn't put myself on there. And then Tony Gonzalez proceeded to put himself in the top five. So <laughs> Travis Kelsey was like, well, I guess i got to put myself in there. If you put yourself in there, then. I mean, you kind of got to, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that one. It is 80 games played, 6,444 yards. See, the one thing about this is, and the reason why I don't might not like this him being on this list, and I get it, it is receiving yards. He's a tight end. At the end of the day, a tight end and a receiver are pretty much the same thing. They're there to catch balls. Tight ends block, receivers block. It's, there's no difference, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I would love to see, and, and I know we might not ever see this happen, but I would love to see how good Travis Kelsey is. Without Pat Mahomes. Yeah. I really would love it. And I'm not taking anything away from Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is a hell of a tight end. He's, again, easily top five tight end all the time. But then again, I would love to see his skill set outside of Pat Mahomes. I think Pat Mahomes is such a big reason on why Travis Kelsey has so many yards. One, because that's his go-to guy, Mr. Reliable. You know what I'm saying? And two, it's just the fact that how many time, How many years did Tyreek Hill play for the Chiefs? So how many times was Ty- Tyreek Hill getting double teamed down the field yeah. and leaving Travis Kelsey one-on-one wide open in the middle of the field? So that's where I don't really don't want to say Travis Kelsey's skill set isn't that good, but I would love to see what he could do without Pat Mahomes. Well, as a tight end, especially when you have somebody like Tyreek Hill that, that had been there for a lot of your career, it's hard to guard somebody like you know, a Gronk, like a Travis Kelsey, because they're a little bit too quick for some of your linebackers, and they're a little bit too big for, like, your cornerback, your nickelback, your your safety, you know what I mean? So it, it's kind of hard to, you know, these guys are, like, a little bit of, like, a, in a situation a little bit harder to guard, too, because they can body guys. A, a lot of tight ends, like Antonio Gates and different things like that in, in NFL history have, like, somewhat of a basketball you know, background, so they're used to, like, boxing people out for rebounds and stuff like that. But Travis Kelsey is number three on this. Then this is all receiving yards. And it's ironic that we brought up Tyreek Hill, my boy Cheetah, down at MIA, even though I'm not a Miami fan. I'm just, I'm he's just saying. He's number two? He's number two on the list in the last five years. I want to hate Tyreek Hill so much because I hate the Dolphins. And if you if you like the Dolphins, you're listening to the podcast, I'm sorry. You're just going to hear me shit on your team because I fucking hate your team. But at the end of the day, the dude is so damn fast. See, I can't talk bad about the Dolphins because Melville loves them. Listen, I, I feel you. I feel you. Shout out, Mom. Shout out, Mom. But at the same time, like, the dude is so fast. He is. And it's like, 
I'm not saying anything about the dude's talent because he's so like talented, like he like he makes Tua Tagovailoa look such a like a good quarterback because he's terrible. But Jesus, Tyreek Hill is a fucking amazing athlete, man. Like I would love to see him in a foot race against some against your boy Hussein Bolt, bro. Like he's he's that kind. Like he he definitely has Olympic speed. I wouldn't want to see that. You don't think he has Olympic speed? He might have Olympic speed, but the difference between Usain Bolt and Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill probably takes three strides compared <laughs> to one Usain Bolt stride. Yeah, he do got long strides, but Tyreek Hill, number two, huh? Number two. 77. You know who number one is? 77 games played. Oh, I thought you said 7,700 yards. I was about to say 7,000 or 6,564 yards. So, so he's he, only got 200 more yards than Stefan Diggs. Yep. That's not bad. In two games less, though. It's not bad. That's not bad. Who did. Everybody who's listening right now, this isn't our top five. We're just giving you the top 10 receivers who led the league in receiving yards the last five years. So, but we'll get to our personal list after we're done with this. And, and we're at number one right now. Yeah. Who's on this list? And I already know who it is. Who? Devontae Adams. You got that right. It's got right. to be. Cause it's it's Devontae Adams. Yeah, it's got to be. Talk about a guy who makes any quarterback good. What's crazy, he's done it in 74 games, which is three games less than Cheetah, and has actually 300 more yards than him. 6,826, so almost 300 more yards in three less games. You the crazy thing, too? Devontae Adams probably has done this with less catches than all of those guys, too. Devontae Adams had 100 receptions last year compared to Stephon Diggs' 108, Travis Kelsey's 110, Tyreek Till's 119. So, like, we could very well sell, say that this man is doing way better things with less opportunities. Actually, do you know who has the least amount of catches on this uh, list? DeAndre Hopkins. Mike Evans. Mike Evans, really? 374. Tyreek actually did his in 462. Yeah. Devontae had surprisingly 532 receptions to okay. get that number. Okay. Travis Kelsey, 507. Stephon Diggs, 403. Cooper Cup so 446. Stephon Diggs did it technically with the well, Mike Evans did it obviously, but wow. Uh DeAndre Hopkins, 440. That's still not not a lot. To only be 400 yards behind Mike Evans. And Amari Cooper, 392. Devontae Adams had 1,500 yards last year with 14 touchdowns. With Derek Carr throwing him the ball. And I'm not taking anything away from Derek Carr because Derek Carr is a decent quarterback, and they have that college connection, you know what I'm saying? So it's like it's not like they they didn't play before. But I'm I'm really am excited to see, you know, what Devontae Adams is going to help bring to the Raiders this year. I really am. I mean, knock it what you want, but Josh McDaniels is a decent coach, and I really think he's going to turn that Raiders team around. Hey, Give him a chance. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. So let's get into – our list, our personal list, and and do you want to start off uh, your your fifth receiver? Well, number five with me is definitely Mike Evans. Okay. Strictly off of the fact that the dude is so reliable for the Bucks. I mean, he's he's he, even though he gets banged up, the dude comes back and plays every week. I mean, the numbers are there: three hundred and twenty-two receptions. I mean. 
what was it, five fifty three hundred yards he had, and five. I mean, it's it's just every year, regardless of who the quarterback was, Jameis Winston, Tom Brady. I mean, Mike Evans is so reliable for the Bucks. You cannot have him not in your top five, in my opinion. You might have him a little higher on your list, but I think he is five on my list just because of how consistently good he is every single year, regardless of who's throwing him the ball. That's why I do think the Bucs are going to compete this year, regardless of Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask being the quarterback, because you have guys like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Those two guys right there can help you win ball games. So, by the way, Chris Godwin is actually 12th on this list at uh, 71 games played, 5,141 yards, and 412 catches. So, that that's that, Godwin getting 12 back. That that's that's uh, no, he, he's keeping number 14. Really? And uh, I would say to for Baker Mayfield going into a situation where you got two top 12 receivers over the last five years, he's, he's not going to a bad situation. Not man. at all. Not at all. Number five for you. Number five for me is going to be slightly different. I'm going to go with your boy D-Hop. D-Hop is, is – I kind of want to go a little higher with him, but I, I'm fanboying out because I'm going to put Mike Evans probably number four. <laughs> but but D-Hop, what's going to be interesting this year because it's free agency still, and D-Hop still hasn't signed with the team. It's going to be interesting to see where he goes and what kind of quarterback that he ends up with. And I, I would like to see what he – not taking away anything from Deshaun, not taking any way, anything away from Kyler Murray, but he hasn't had an Aaron Rodgers. He hasn't had like, – could you, like, could you imagine him you know, in, 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 with the Chargers, with, with Justin Herbert? I mean, like with, with somebody along those lines um, – like Pat, like it. It should be illegal to let him go to Kansas City with, with Pat yeah. Mahomes. That 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 would just be insane. If D Hop signs with the Chiefs, I will not watch football this year. I promise you that because they're going to win the championship by any means. It's not even going to be fair. It's not even going to be fair unless it was like year one LeBron in Miami. Then yeah, the, yeah, which which would be surprising. Yeah, we're not. It's not even going to be fair. Like there, there would be, like you might as well just like take the rest of the teams and like combine a whole roster to to go against them because you're going to need like everybody's all-stars yep um number four on your list who would it be i'm gonna have to go stefan diggs man okay the reason why i'm gonna go stefan diggs is because these last three years of him being in buffalo have been nothing short of spectacular yes amazing. in my opinion stefan diggs is the reason why buffalo is so good offensively Josh Allen is a great quarterback. Top two quarterback, top five quarterback, absolutely. But he has been missing a receiver his entire time. He was in Buffalo. He's been in Buffalo. And once he found Stephon Diggs, I mean, 125, 127 catches his first year, 1,500 yards, 103, 10 touchdowns, and then 108, 11 touchdowns with 1,400 yards last year. The production seems to be getting better and better and better touchdown-wise with him. Well, the chemistry's there. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, you're talking about a guy who, even with when it was in Minnesota, I mean, 2019, his last year in Minnesota, he had 63 catches for 1,100 yards. 63 catches for 1,100 yards. That's unheard of, you know? So you, we got a guy here 
who has been so dominant and literally has been one of the main reasons, in my opinion, why the Buffalo Bills offense has been so deadly and so threatening these last three years is because of Stephon Diggs. Now, add a running back to the mix for the Bills and stop letting Josh Allen run freaking 60 times a game, the Bills would be even more explosive and way better of a team. Yeah. But with Stephon Diggs, they make the, he makes them a way better offensive team. And I, I'm sure every Bills fan could agree with me on that. And, one. I mean, speaking of free agents that are out there, like, I don't think they have the money to do it. But, man, could you imagine if they got, like, Zeke or if they got Dalvin Cook to, to kind of actually have, like, a, their running back situation isn't isn't horrible, but it can definitely be improved with, with, with the caliber of running back like I just mentioned. Um so I definitely like like your pick at number four. For me, he's a little higher on my list. This this next one, I'm going hometown. I'm going with my boy Mike Evans, and I kind of actually want to put him a little bit higher on this list because of the fact that he he has done amazing things with literally 200 200 receptions less than some of these other guys that are above him in yards. So if he had the same amount of of receptions you know, not missing games because of injury, et cetera, et cetera. He could probably be a lot higher on this list. Um, also, he has a very special stat that he's going to try to go for this year, and I think it's going to be to beat Jerry Rice's. You know how hard it was for me not to say this stat? Because <laughs> I wanted you to do it because I knew you were going to come with it. You yeah. know how hard it was for me not uh, to blurt it out? I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> but but he's trying to beat Jerry Rice's most consecutive uh, seasons with a, a, at least 1,000 yards. This will be his 10th year, right, correct? Yes. 10 seasons in a row with this guy. Like I said, and this is with Ben... Jameis Winston for most, and I'm not. Jameis Winston was a, a decent quarterback, but the, the, he ain't no Tom Brady. The problem, the problem with Jameis Winston is he would throw a ton, but he would have, you know, as many touchdowns as he threw. He threw quite a bit of interceptions as well. You know, he did have the, the last year. I think it was like twenty and twenty or something like that. Yeah, but like, and it wasn't quite thirty and thirty or thirty and thirty. <laughs> but he would have like thirty touchdowns, like twenty interceptions. So kind of like that. That was kind of like the knock on Jameis and. To be, you know, I was a little scared when he went to the Saints because he ended up having the LASIK surgery. I was like, damn, he going to light us up. But Jameis has kind of still looked like the same Jameis. I think that there are certain things that he just tries to, you know, uh, at certain times in quarterbacks, I think they need to be humbled. And Jameis has always been that dude. And you got to realize when you're in a league with a bunch of people that have been that dude, like you can't – some of that like – Sneaky stuff you try to squeeze in there is you're gonna hit is kind of like Brett Favre, gunslinger. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna live by the gun, die by the gun. Um, doesn't make Jameis a, a bad quarterback. I just wish his decision making was a little bit better because we probably would have kept him in Tampa Bay. But hey, we also ended up getting Tom Brady out the deal by say. him leaving, and we, we got another championship. So hey, say. seen two Bucks Super Bowls in my lifetime. I love it. Uh, so yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. I like to do a lot. But you know, Mike Evans is a guy who. Is gonna shine regardless, like I said, with uh, Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask throwing him the ball, and I really think he's gonna have no problem beating that uh, that record this year. Honestly, I really don't. So uh, number three for me, my number three is your number four or number five. Okay, mine's yeah. DeAndre Hopkins, and I say this because DeAndre Hopkins has been such a dominant threat in this league ever since he started with 2013 with Houston. Oh, he's a beast. I mean, year two, he had 70, 76 catches for 1,200 yards. You know how I was just talking about uh, Stephon Diggs is 67 for 1,100. This dude had 76 for 1,200 and six touchdowns. And his second year with 
DeAndre Watson or not De- not not even Watson. Who was throwing the ball? Yeah, exactly. Who knows? So you know, and, and he just got better and better and better. And then obviously these last few years of Arizona has been kind of mediocre. Uh, his first year at Arizona in 2020 was really good. He had 16 games, 150, 115 catches for 1,400 yards. I mean, the dude is just so productive. And just like you said, these last two seasons for him at Arizona, he's had injuries and suspensions. Uh, 2021, he played 10 games. He had uh, 42 catches for 500 yards and eight touchdowns. Eight touchdowns in 10 games. You know what I'm saying? And then and, and 20, last year, he only played nine games, 64 catches for 717. He's a fantasy stud. So sure. it's just, and you go to him and you talk about how he hasn't signed with nobody yet. Reports were he wasn't going to sign with anybody until right before training camp started. And as you know it, the New England Patriots are in on him. There's and a few I've been teams, saying and he's it, somebody who I've heard in, and in the I've Rumbles. been saying it for God knows how long, Mr. Craig Wiley. You can back me up on this. Oh, yeah. I fully believe that DeAndre Hopkins, and I know it's still he ain't it ain't no Aaron Rodgers still. It ain't and it ain't it ain't no talented Josh Allen, but I just fully believe that Mac Jones can make that dude just as happy as Aaron, as Tyler Murray did. And if if we get DeAndre Hopkins, let's roll the dice on maybe Dalvin could come to, to, to New England as well. well. So and the thing is, I'm gonna go out there and say is. Really, with Mac Jones, we don't know. I mean, he's shown some flashes, but what has he really had there weapon-wise to really, you know what I'm saying? You got this young quarterback, and aside from, like, uh, offensive line, like, you, you know, your your running back situation, you know, you, you're not, you, you don't have a top 10 running back. Yeah. Uh your your tight ends, you got some some solid guys, but you know you don't have a Travis Kelsey, you don't have a, a Darren Waller. So I mean, he doesn't have like that star power in any of the 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 big three on on, on the offense for for your playmakers. You you know you know you don't have that Alvin Kamara kind of guy. You don't have that true number one wide receiver. You got a bunch of guys who are probably solid number twos. I seen a side by side comparison, and I'm sorry to get off track here. With quarterbacks. No, you're good. Of Mac Jones' stats in his first three years and Josh Allen's stats in his first three years. Identical or pretty close? Almost identical. Okay, so we'll see what happens. They get that and I say this because guess what happens right after the third year in Buffalo for Mr. Josh Allen? Stephon Diggs. He gets Stephon Diggs. So we'll see. It could, it could, be, a, it could be a pretty interesting so yeah, thing. My number three is DeAndre Hopkins, even though the production – Hasn't really been there these last few years, but it has been in those nine games that he played for Arizona, 71 catches for 77, 700 yards. That's pretty fucking good. And on on six touchdowns. So, John Bear Hopkins is a stud, and I think he really does be, deserve to be on the top three wide receivers talk. So My, my number three, Stefan. I mean, a lot for pretty much everything we've just named. I'm not going to harp yep. on this too much. Yep. Kind of move along. Yep. Stephon Diggs, he's that dude, bro. He he he's somebody. I, I play fantasy football leagues. Um, I'm usually in multiple leagues every single year. Usually like three to four teams. And he's a guy that if I can get him early on, I would. I like to snack him up. I, I like receivers, uh, especially with NFL being kind of like a, a a passing league now. It's it's you know. Why waste your money on a high pick on on a running back if you're outside of those like top three or four running backs? I like to freaking grab you know I'll go three picks in a row all wide receiver just yeah. to get them points. Yeah. But Stephon Diggs been a beast. Um, he he's somebody coming from Minnesota and you know I'm gonna throw honorable mention. 
I can't throw him in this list yet because obviously he hasn't been in the league five years. But man, Justin Jefferson. Yeah. If honestly, I hate to say this, but Mike Evans wouldn't be in my top five if Justin Jefferson had been in the league for five years. Mike would be just under number six, just under that. And, and that's strictly off of the fact that Mike isn't really 16 games every year. He misses a few games here and there. And I hate to tell you that, but that would be the case. If Listen, Jefferson I'm about to go next door years. to our sponsor over at Munchies 420 Cafe and get a spork and just straight stab you. <laughs> 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 now, hey, you know, to each his own, Justin Jefferson is definitely going to be in it, it. You know, barring injury, he's going to be an elite wide receiver. and He's going to be a possible first-round ballot wide receiver if he keeps his career on, on the path that it's on right now. I mean, dude. 1,400 yards his rookie year, 1,600 yards last year, 1,800 yards on 128. His production is going up every single year. And imagine if he leaves the Vikings. And some of the catches. This dude, the dude is incredible, man. Like, honestly, if if he could possibly be my top two wide receiver on this list. Listen, if he hits free agency and you're the team who's lucky enough to have like the cap room to get him, you, you give him the checkbook and you say put your number on there. You imagine if the Bills got him and put him side by side to Stephon Diggs. It should be illegal. That would be that'd be insane. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and Justin Jefferson again backed on the same team. That would be insane. Wow. That would be insane. Wow. So yeah, uh, number two for me. Is uh, Tyree Kill? It's it's pretty much gonna follow the, my my next two picks is pretty much gonna follow this that that receiver. So so, so we're the same on this. Yeah, so what, Tyree what, Kill and Devontae Adams is number one for me, and I, I put Devontae over Tyreek specifically because of the touchdowns. It, for me, it's close, but yeah, 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 specifically for the touchdowns. I mean, Devontae Adams has had eighty-seven touchdowns in his almost ten years of playing in the league. I mean, 14 last year with the Raiders, 11 the year before, 18 the year before that, 13 the year before that. I mean, double digits touchdowns, uh, seven out of the t- uh, nine years he's, I'm sorry, six out of the nine years he's been in the league. I mean, the dude is just a production guy. He scores touchdowns, he gets catches. I mean, 100, ca- 100 catches last year, 123 the year before that, 115 the year before that. Literally... The guy is such a high-value receiver when it comes to these last five years in the NFL. I don't think there's anybody better than Devontae Adams, and I think he's proven that with De- even even having Derek Carr throwing the ball. Tyreek, same way. Tyreek's the same way. I mean, Tyreek is proving that to me. He can be such a good receiver, even with Tua, I got a freaking concussion, tug of Iloa. Listen, so, and I'm going to be real with you. For that reason alone, that's almost why I wanted to flip-flop the list and put Tyreek number one is because I feel like Devontae Adams going from from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr wasn't that much of a fall-off. Plus, they've already played. They were college teammates. They played with each other. But going from Pat Mahomes to Tua and still putting up those numbers? I'm talking about he had 500 more yards. With the Dolphins, with Tua throwing him the ball, than he did with the Kansas City. He had 1239 his last year with Kansas City. He had 1710 on th- on eight more catches this year. Whew. 
So that just shows you how big the deep ball. And obviously, he was averaging 14.4 yards a catch. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Compared to 11.2. So that, but that has a lot to do with him getting more for less. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to longer touchdowns. So, but my, the reason why I put Devontae on there is specifically off of touchdowns. Tyreek Hill only had seven touchdowns last year. You know what I'm saying? So the one thing I do think that Tyreek Hill benefits from, and this is why I I think I, I drop him down to number two, and I did put Devontae above him number one. First of all, Kansas City, you still got Travis Kelsey yeah. to account for. So you had a you weren't the like like Devontae Adams. Like who do they have in Green Bay besides Devontae Adams? That was like I mean, guys that Aaron Rodgers makes look good. Yeah, but uh. Jordan Nelson and all them cats, yeah. Jordan loves their quarterback this year? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I, there's been a lot of people been saying it, and, and I'm not just saying this because of Quigley, shout out Pops, but I, I think that's the freaking Lions division to lose this year. Like, they're, they're probably like the top team in there. And, and you know, Tyreek Hill went from a, a very great team with Pat Mahomes, but the, the second wide receiver situation was kind of like back and forth. But yeah, they never had a steady number two, and I'm not gonna put Tyree or Travis Kelsey at that number two because he's a tight end. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So and then, but but he also, even though he went to Tua, he benefited Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle and bro, you, people can say Mike Kosecki. Mike Kosecki is Gusecki. literally yeah, you're good. Mike Kosecki was such a dominant red zone threat for the fucking Dolphins last year. There's a reason why the Patriots took him, picked him up, is because he we were we uh, Hunter Henry was third. In touchdown red zone touchdowns last year, now we got the guy who was number one in touchdown red zone targets. So it's like there's a reason why the Patriots picked him up. Honestly. To me, he, he to me he was kind of like a, a poor man's uh, Kittle. Yeah, hundred percent. He 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 doesn't get the recognition and, and possibly quite possibly I feel like because of the quarterback situation. But man, that's a great tight end. So Tyreek went to a team that maybe. Is is definitely a lot lower on the spectrum when it comes to the quarterback situation, but his surrounding pieces that are around him, you know, the the having Jalen Waddle over there and ha- having Mike, that kind of helped him out in, in my opinion, and that's why he's at number two, Jalen uh, Devontae Adam going over to you know number one. Yeah, it's it's close, man. It really is close. Like I said, I I don't really like Tyree Kill that much, but it's very close with these two. And the reason why I had Devontae over Tyree is specifically for the touchdowns and how much more valuable Devontae Adams is when it comes to scoring touchdowns and getting you more production in the long run. Both highlight reels. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're both amazing receivers, but and we had to pick I mean, obviously we picked Devontae Adams just because Facts. he did more with Derek Carr than my opinion than Tua did with the uh, with, I mean, I'm sorry, Tyreek did with two of us. So. Yes, for sure, for sure. But uh, we're going to take a little break real quick, pay a couple bills. We'll be back with our next topic. Stay tuned. Are you tired of looking like you got your hair cut by Stevie Wonder with a Floby? Dude. Well, I got the solution for you. The most elite barbershop in the Bay Area, Fresco Fades. With four locations, there's no reason you can't have the freshest cut in the city. Two shops in Sarasota, one shop in Bradenton, and one shop in St. Pete. Look them up today on Facebook or IG at Fresco Fades Barbershop. You can also book your appointment on Booksy. So stop walking around with that who is your barber haircut and head over to Fresco Fade, where a fresh fade will get you laid. You guys are the best. Friggin' friggin' Fresco. And welcome back. We got a couple good topics to talk about coming up. Again, your boy Craig. We got Derek in the building. Uh, 
we've got some pretty good basketball topics we're about to get into, and we're going to finish off with a little little sneaker talk. Uh, so, so what was this question you you kind of brought up earlier that that you really want to get in today? All right. So the 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 buzz on the internet on the old tube was could a prime Joel Embiid lock down a prime Shaquille O'Neal? The Diesel. So that is the question. Shaq Daddy. Shaq Daddy. So we know both of us are not going to disagree on this one. So it's going to be a quick argument or a quick talk because we both know how dominant the Diesel was. I mean, what 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 would you consider his prime? 1990, 1998, 1997 to I mean, 2005, 2003. Pretty much his whole career, because even early on in his, in his his younger days in Orlando, he was still a dominant force. Nobody could really stop him. Yeah. So I mean, at the end of the day, you're pretty much until he's until he kind of starts being that journeyman toward the end of his career. Like definitely Orlando and LA Lakers, Shaq was like the beast. Um, what a lot of people don't realize is is younger Shaq when he first came in the league when he was tearing down backboards and and tearing down goals and the reason that they had to uh, reinforce and and you know definitely sturdy up those basketball goals they were using back then uh, is because of Shaq. Shaq, it was just a dominant force. He had a lot of power, but a younger Shaq was actually very athletic, and he was a lot thinner than people remember him for. Just as strong. Just as strong, but more quick uh, than what they probably remember with the Kobe Bryant, uh, L.A. Lakers, Shaq years. Um, there's this one highlight that I constantly, constantly see for, that you know of Shaq. It's probably one of in, in, in it's against the center that's not necessarily the greatest. Uh, it was Dudley over in New York, and it was the word like Shaq just muscles him down, dunks on him, and kind of like pushes him off when he's like coming off the rim. And not saying that he would do that to Joel Embiid, but man, like Shaq was just so strong. And I'm not saying that Joel Embiid is weak. Um, he definitely got a lot of game. I'm not saying he might not give Shaq fits, but if Shaq wanted to score, and we're talking about a prime Shaq, if Shaq wanted to score on Embiid, I still think he would drop 20 on him. So Shaq numbers compared to Joel Embiid's numbers. Joel Embiid is probably in his prime probably right about now. Yeah. Just one MVP. He's coming off a 33 33, 10 rebounds, 4.2 assists, and I call assists because the dude has had 10 assists some games. So the dude can pass the ball. Arguably his best his best statistical season ever. And so that's why I would consider right now his, his prime. So when you look at Shaq's numbers, Shaq's first season in the NBA, Craig Wiley, he averaged three and a half blocks a game. He was a beast. Three, his first season as a rookie, three and a half blocks a game. When the hell has Joel Embiid ever come close to sniffing three blocks a game? Let alone four. Never. Highest Joel Embiid's ever come close to block-wise is 2.5. So, again, I tell you, prime Shaq, even a younger, a rookie Shaq 
would tear down and lock down a prime Joel Embiid. Well, facts. Joel Embiid would probably score 10 points, maybe, because he's going to go to the foul line at least. He goes to the foul line 12 times a game right now, as is anyway. Well, I think it depends on the era. If era this actual game takes place, if it's in the Shaq era, Shaq rules, you can kind of get a little bit more physical. If it's in like the now game, um, Shaq, Shaq's a better defender. 100%. He, he was a beast on offense, but Joel Embiid is more of a offensive guy. He's not known, like, he's not a huge defensive guy. Well, he's a way better shooter. He's, yeah. Uh, I mean, if, if, if we're talking about prime Shaq versus prime Embiid in the three point contest, I'm taking Embiid all day. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I mean- um, Embiid can do more offensively than Shaq ever could, but Shaq was still money from like mid range, and and you know his his mo was to attack See, the basket. Now when I, when we, when we hear this argument, I'm I'm thinking purely center, purely banging down low type game. That's what I'm thinking, and banging down low. Nobody, the, Shaq was banging down low with the best of them. You know what I'm saying? So again, Shaq, in my opinion, was just too damn strong for Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is tall. I mean, yeah, he's like seven one, but Shaq's seven two. Well, you know what I'm saying? And Shaq was was seven two at 20, 21 years old at what two sixty? Pure straight muscle, you know. And it just it's it was just a different set of of players, man. And, and <clears throat> I think almost um, I mean, you talk about some of the greats that Shaq played against himself. Like, how would Joel Embiid fare against, like, a Patrick Ewing, an Akeem Olajuwon, an Alonzo Mourning, who, who, who you know, was no slouch? Yeah. I mean, I used to love rocking the NBA jams, playing with a little Alonzo Mourning, Muggsy Bogues, and some stuff like that back in the day. A little Grandmama, Larry Johnson, when, you know, you had the uh, NBA Jam Tournament Edition, you had three players. I mean, you know, there was some really good centers back in the day. And not, not to take anything from, from the centers now – but aside from like Zion Williams or Williamson, there's not really like a whole lot of like those kind of Shaq, uh, Patrick Ewing, like real deal. Like centers now are almost like a second stretch four. Like they're a little bit of a bigger stretch four. Um, you have centers that are, you know, shooting from 20 foot out, shooting from three point range, and, and, and they're, you know, buckets from out there, you know, a good amount of time. Hence Joel Embiid. Um, <clears throat> But it would, it would. I think it would be cool to see like a prime Joel Embiid go against a Patrick Ewing, um, who 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 was pretty good scoring. Um, Akeem Olajuwon was, I'm pretty sure, MVP at certain times, uh, if not during the regular season. I know he was like defensive player. You know, Akeem Olajuwon, Akeem the Dream. He, he he's a Hall of Famer through and through, and I'm sure Embiid will end up having a Hall of Fame career when it's all said and done. But I mean. It's it's a different ball game against Shaq. No, against some of the other guys that I named, I think he would have a lot better of a shot against like a prime Patrick Ewing, a prime Akeem Olajuwon, prime Lonzo Mourning, maybe some guys like that. Okay, so in NBC Sports, Shaq said he weighed three ninety five in two thousand two when he played for the Lakers. Joel Embiid's playing weight right now is two eighty, Craig. Shaq would literally manhandle Joel Embiid underneath the rim. It wouldn't even be a close competition. People don't understand how big Shaq was. That's like almost a whole other half a person. Three quarters Sha- of a him person. Him and Shaq are almost identical height-wise, but Shaq's, like I said, seven one seven two. 
But Shaq was playing at 325. Come on, man. Like, Shaq was 325 coming into the NBA. He Joel Embiid was, was like 260 and he was like swole. It's, it's like it's not even a debate. It's not even and Shaq knows it. That's when he po- that's why when he posted that on his Instagram, he said, "Y'all already know what I'm going to say. I want to hear what you guys are going to say." And you go look at the comments, everybody's saying Shaq. Ain't nobody thinks Joel Embiid. Quite frankly, I don't even know why we're talking about this, but I I wanted to entertain it just because I wanted to get a little bit of stats on the on the Diesel because there's a reason why the dude is considered to be one of the greatest centers of all time. And it's not because of his shooting. It's just because the dude was so dominant underneath that rim for the Lakers, for the Magic. It's just, it's, I mean, it's unheard of. It's unheard of with the things that he was doing and the size, the way, the way he moved at the size that he was, was un, 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 un freaking ridiculous. It was ridiculous. I'm not going to lie. As, as the young folks say, no cap. Literally. When I watch the ESPN 30 for 30, this magic moment, every single time that I watch it and I think about when Shaq left and, like, you know, how if they could have just made it work with him and Penny and, like, you know, brought those core guys, like, we really had a chance to build something special here in Orlando. And I honestly think that that's part of the reason why even in some of – uh. <clears throat> more recent news, why you hear Shaq talking about how he is interested in in becoming an owner of the Orlando Magic. Yeah, uh, Sh- Shaq is uh, just a different breed, man. Shaq was just a different breed, honestly. And it, it honestly, I'm, I'm, I, I like Joel Embiid. I really do. I like his playing style. But Joel Embiid scores most of his points at the free throw line. Shaq could barely shoot a free throw. So Shaq just shows you how low, how, how, how good he was banging down low. I mean. I can't express to you anymore. The only person who I think would pick Joel Embiid that we know would be Chris Carter, and that's because he's just a Philly homer. (laughs) But uh, speaking of special breed people, in the news recently, we read from one Dennis Rodman, who I love as a player. I I love as 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 a person, as a character, just like the rock star lifestyle. Like Rodman was that dude back in the day, freaking Madonna, Carmen Electra. Like, dude, Dennis Rodman. Ugly as hell. Ugly. Pulling some baddies. Like broke his dick three times. The, the stories you've heard about him were like literally he went on this bender in Vegas, came back and, and helped the Bulls, you know, win titles. Like they were talking about, you know, if, if you watch the last dance, how you never wanted Dennis Rodman to be the first guy. And like if you ever seen the basketball drills. If you're the back person on the uh, the line, you gotta you gotta get to the front of the line, and nobody wanted to let Dennis Rodman get in front of them because like he would just go you know balls to the wall, and he was like one of the, one of the you know like a workout warrior that they call him. But recently in the the I don't I guess news on the Twitters on the Instagrams and all that, there, there's a quote from Dennis Rodman saying that he feels like. Larry Bird wouldn't be able to play in this NBA. He would be playing in Europe. So I got the quote, and I can read it for you. Okay. If Larry Bird played in this era, I think he'd be in Europe, Rodman said. He'd be somewhere over there. His game was fit for Boston at the time in the 80s and stuff like that. Today's world, oh, hell no. 
There's no way. I'm not downplaying him because he's a great player at that, t- at that time, just like I was. But I'm saying no, there's no way. He said, I think the kid from Denver, which he's talking about, Nikolai Jokic, is way better than Bird. Oh, oh my God. He's slow as hell, but that guy's got game. Craig Wiley Jr. Yes. Does Dennis Rodman not know that Nikolai Jokic probably uh, is probably took his game off of Larry Bird? Because Larry Bird was Joker before Joker. If you watch Larry Bird highlights, the the thing he was doing, how you, you see that, that that one shot where Bird comes up off the one foot, you know what I'm saying? That's literally what Joker and Dirk and all those guys did. Yep. That's that's the shot. Like Larry Bird would literally win. Three MVPs in today's in, in today's game. So the thing about Larry Bird, and there, you know, you can go look up interviews and stuff like that about players that played against Larry Bird and stuff that they said. Um, you know, there, there's I, I've seen a comment of an interview one time where I forget who the player was, where they basically said that Larry Bird, if you don't know, was a trash talker, and the reason why they call him Larry Legend is because. He would do things like come on the court, look you dead in your eyes, tell you exactly what he was going to do and how he was going to score on you, and then do it, and you could not stop it. Larry Bird was one of those guys where, much like I feel about Jordan, if Jordan played in this era, he would very easily probably average at least 8 to 10 points more per game than what he did back then because the game isn't as physical. So, For Larry Bird, like saying Larry Bird couldn't play in today's league when literally he's like a Dirk, he's like a Kevin Love, he's like a a Joker, who all these guys probably at some point in time took parts of their game from this dude because he's Larry Legend. Like that's literally – like Rodman saying that is literally like saying that he couldn't play in this this. Uh, generations NBA Absolutely. and I know for a fact Dennis Rodman would still be that dude he he would probably have a lot more technicals than he did back then but Dennis Rodman would still be that dude like Dennis Rodman was like the Draymond Green like like Draymond Green wishes he could be like Dennis Rodman uh attitude wise um he tries to be kind of like that Dennis Rodman guy the kind of like a little bit of a uh, of a head case um obviously Draymond's a better a little bit of a better scorer but man, when you had the ability of somebody like Dennis Rodman to, I think he averaged, uh, you know, uh, up above fifteen rebounds per game, because he would literally study like he. You seen the Last Dance or yeah. or the Rodman Thirty for Thirty? It, it might have been on that one. No, it was but, on the Last Dance. But he was talking about how he would watch shooters like when he when he he would find out who the best shooters were on the team and he would watch their like uh, their games. He, he would, you know, study game film, and he would see that, okay, when this dude shoots from this area, this is where the ball bounces off to. So he he wouldn't study their makes. He would study guys' misses, and that's why he would have games where he had 20-plus rebounds. Like, he was just a beast. In Detroit, he averaged, in 1992, he averaged 18.7 rebounds a game. <laughs> Who does that th- now? Back-to-back seasons, Greg Wiley. 18.7 rebounds a game. Who does that now? Nobody. So so for him to say that, and we know that Rodman can play in this NBA, to say that Larry Bird couldn't, because let's be real, like a prime prime Joker, are you telling me prime Joker is better than a prime Kevin Love? Are you telling me a prime Joker is better than a prime Larry Bird? 
if, if, if you have, and I'm going strictly white dudes here, <laughs> j- just for the sake of argument, if you got a, if you got an option between drafting, you're a, you're a new team, and you got to build your your team around one of these four guys I'm about to name. No matter who you pick, you're not going to have a bad pick. Yeah. Prime Joker, Prime Larry Bird, yeah. Prime Kevin Love, yeah. or Prime Dirk. Like all those guys are like you know what I'm saying like. Like you said, Larry granted, Larry Bird is is basically the father of those guys' game. Granted, I wouldn't really put Larry Kevin Love uh, kind of on the level of those guys. He was a double double machine for the longest time I on a not so you, great team, bro. I feel you. He was a stud when he first came into the league from Minnesota. He had great seasons. I feel you, but like he didn't have a lot around him. Those are three Hall of Famers you just named. Kevin, Kevin Love, Love going to be Hall of Famer? I think he should be when it's all said oh, and done. Oh, Craig Wiley Jr. The only thing that would be holding him back would be the oh, championship part. Man, he's got one championship. But he was a double-double machine for Minnesota with nobody That's really. Kyrie. Not LeBron. Shout out Kyrie. But, yeah, man. So, uh. Dennis Rodman is obviously still fucked up on top, some type of drugs that he was doing. Oh, for sure. I'm, I'm sure that, he partied. So. Hey, and, and, you know... To be honest with you, you gotta love conversations like that, and and just even like things being said like that, because hey, that has gave us a topic to talk about. Yep. That, you know, hey, let us know what you think. Leave the comments, you know, on, on the bottom of the uh, the podcast here. Let us know what you guys think about this. A lot of y'all who probably gonna be listening to us know us personally, anyways. So, hey, DM us. Let us know what you think. Absolutely. So uh, obviously. The last thing we're going to talk about here is, uh, like I said, man, earlier in the show, we talk about just the culture period, whether it's sports, music, or the sneaker culture. So we're me and Craig are Buffley, both big sneaker heads. Uh, I think we both have over 50 pairs of shoes in our collection. And if you don't consider that a sneakerhead, F off. But at the end of the day, uh, we like to kind of talk about a little things here and there. And Craig actually had a good idea uh Non-favorite. Uh, or fa- or what is your favorite? Favorite. Yeah. What is your favorite non-Jordan shoe? And that's a that's a good question because obviously Michael Jordan has or the Jordan brand has put a, a stamp on the sneaker it's, culture. It's, it's, it's quite possibly the most famous shoe. It's hundred percent the most famous shoe. Yeah. It's they put a stamp on the sneaker culture. That's the shoe that everybody looks forward to every week. I mean Jordan's. Are literally the the shoe that some people would argue that changed the game of sneaker culture and paved the way for the sneaker culture. So listen, Jordan is such an impact on the shoe game. I, if I ever get married, my wife has to understand I'm probably rocking a pair of Jordan Elevens. A hundred percent. Wife already knows that with me. I'm wearing Jordans on our wedding day. Matter of fact, I'm wearing three different Jordans. I'm wearing a Jordan Jordan for the first look. I'm wearing a different Jordan on the day of the or when I walk down the aisle, and I'm wearing a different pair of Jordans at the reception. Okay. Listen, come on now. Okay. That's a fact. There ain't no there ain't no tuxedo shoes. Matter of fact, all my groomsmen are wearing a pair of Jordans as well. Snapping. So, but yeah, so it's go ahead and say it again. It, it, Our favorite what? Favorite non-Jordan shoe. So you want to go ahead and start this off? Yeah. So since it was my question, I will definitely start this off. One of my favorite shoes of all time is the Reebok Sean Kemp Kamikaze. It was first worn by Sean Kemp in 1994. Uh, The reason why I chose this shoe, 
is because it was it, it was a pretty popular shoe back when it was first released. Obviously, Sean Kemp being that dude, he was just like a, a acrobatic highlight reel when it came to some of the most insane dunks you've ever seen. Um, one thing I liked about Sean Kemp, just to like even make this shoe even cooler, is remember back in the day when MTV actually played music and they had like actual music shows doing the videos and all that. They used to do this thing called the MTV Rock and Jock Basketball Game. Yeah. So they would get like different athletes and sometimes like like this basketball game, it might be somebody who played baseball. You would have actors, you would have musicians, you would have uh, Flea was somebody who played in the game before. And Flea can actually ball from Red Hot Chili Peppers, surprisingly. Um, I think in later years they had like younger Justin Bieber and different stuff like that. But they always had like cool little things where like, uh, they kind of like made it like a basketball game, but kind of like similar, like not quite NBA Jam-ish, but like they would have like uh, certain points where like if they did it now, like Steph Curry would be money from like a 25-point spot or like Dame Little would hit like a 25-point basket from because they would have like these special spots on the court mm-hmm. where like if you hit from there, like bonuses. But there was this one time where Sean Kemp was going down the court on a fast break and he took the basketball and threw it over like – he he took it back and threw it over his back in front of him and caught it like an alley oop like it like I don't know it was just like one of the most insane dunks I've ever seen, and like like the kamikaze shoe when it first came out, like back in the day when 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 players had shoes, a lot of times the colorway was mostly team color only. It, there might have been like variations of it like a white one like with Jordans you have like the white, black, and red Jordans, but then you'd also have, like, a red, black, and white one mm-hmm. or, like, a b- black, white, and red. Like, you know, they, they would kind of switch it up, but it was mostly, like, those colors. Yeah, it was a certain – it's a certain colorway that Jordan brand holds on to, absolutely. Reebok, I think, at that time was, like, the first team like, – like, when the first initial shoe dropped, it was a couple variations of the Seattle Supersonics colors. Mm-hmm. But it was one of the first shoes that I remember that they started making other team colors to go with it so that way other players in the league could wear it with their jerseys. Um, you know, they just had different colorways. Like there was like uh, – and, and shout out to Unk because Unk lived next door to me growing up, and he actually had a bunch of these shoes, and he had a bunch of the different colorways, and it was just insane. You know, they had red and black ones. They had uh, some blue ones. Like I, I forget all the different colors, but it, it, it was the Kamikaze 1 and the Kamikaze 2 by Sean Kemp are probably like some of my favorite – Non-Jordan shoes. All right. So for me, it's the 1996 Nike Air Up Tempo. First introduced in the 1995-1996 season, worn by the one and only Scottie Pimpin. And I remember these shoes. That 72 and 10 season. If you don't know these shoes, it's the they're they're they were made and back in the day for big men. For people like Scotty, you know what I'm saying? Cats like that. They have the uh they're they're the high tops that have the big air, written air on the side of yep. them. Yep. So those are the ones that I'm talking about. And specifically, my favorite pair were the nineteen ninety-six ones where Scotty wore in the uh the revenge team or the dream team. Dream team two. Yep, dream team two. Uh, the 1996 Olympics, where he wore number eight, and I believe they were red, white, and blue, weren't they? They were bl- a navy, a, a blue navy blue. I remember these with ones. the white lettering and yep. the red Nike check yep. symbol on, on on the tongue. I remember and they these. had a number eight on the back of the heel, and you were actually able to buy them. I don't know, I don't know if the ones that they sold in the store had the number eight because yep. obviously, it, yes, they did. But I remember when those when those came out. They re-released in 2016. Okay, first released in 1996, a year after the season Scotty wore them uh, for the for the Bulls. 
and then they released first time in 1996, and they re-released in 2016. And I actually have those pair. And, uh, yeah, man, they're comfortable as hell. I can see, definitely see why back in the day, you know, why certain players started developing into the air tempo because they had that, 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 that bubble. They had that Air Max bubble in them. So, you know, the, the, the comfortability was obviously a huge reason. But just even to this day, the different styles, I mean, it's still one of Nike's brand's older style shoe that oh, yeah. still profits to this day. I mean, I just have I have regular Air Maxes. Yes. Yeah. Not even the up tempo, yeah. but I have a, a couple different versions yeah. of, of the Air Max. It, it is it's one of those technologies yeah. that I mean I'm sure it's improved slightly over the over the years, but like the basis of it's kind of stay, stay the same. And there's a reason why they keep remaking those shoes because yeah. a we buy them because of probably the comfortability and different like some Air Max. Those are some of the most comfortable shoes you can wear. And the price still to this day isn't bad. They're 175, and they still are adhering to today's style. Like even today's style has kind of like shifted. Back into like that retro a little bit retro. What we would look. consider re- retro. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, whether but there, there was a point like when I was a little bit younger, like bell bottoms came back for a little yeah. bit for like chicks, and like when I think we're like in like middle school or high school, they started rocking them a little yeah. bit. So I mean, there there's been definitely well, little things. The the retro or the vinyl t- or the retro t shirts, the old school t shirts. You know, oh, I call faded out. black. Like those those are those are hot right now. People love those. They do, and and, and, and for those of you who know me, I've, I've coached basketball over the last few years uh, since you know we we did no boundaries. And I, I harass my players all the time. Yeah, because they're wearing shirts of people they have no idea. Who some they of them are. do. Some of them do, but some yeah. of them don't. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, oh, that you you're don't. saying that because you love them. Girls. No, no, no. There That's are no. Listen, that. there, there are surprisingly some girls no, like you. that that do know some of that stuff. Like I, I've, I've given people rides of like putting on, they're putting on Biggie and stuff like I that. I can't tell you how many times I've walked up to a kid with a Nirvana shirt on. I'm like, oh, you like Nirvana? No, I don't know who it is. I just like the shirt. That one is sublime. That's a, that was a, me smacking my head for a facepalm. Sublime's been another one I've seen some people. Of course. Like, or like, like I love the old school Stone Cold Steve Austin shirts because, like, you know, that's again, guys, that'll be something we talk about here. Wrestling, Top five wrestlers yeah. of all time. Listen, don't don't try me, don't try me. All right. Can we, we do like get, categories on wrestlers? Oh, hundred percent. High like flyers, he, fucking. Superstars, okay, uh, okay. Uh, the the run of the mill type guys, best tag like, team. Like your underdogs, okay, okay. I'm, Dude, we can, Brock, the Attitude Era was my shit. We got to we got to get Brock off in here for that. And, and, and you know what? Even I think we got to we got to get Brock off and and Johnny Christ in here for that. We're gonna have that'd be a killer day. That just be a that that's just gonna be the but, show. But Steve, people would be wearing that old school Steve Austin shirt. I'm like Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm like I don't know who this is. I'm like. They rock it because you're. <gasps> you know why? Because it. Because Post Malone. Post Malone, man. Austin. Austin Malone, man. He because he, he wore the uh, on, on the uh, that one like picture he has where he has the Stone Cold Steve Austin vest. Yep. But the 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 air up tempos. Yeah. That's one of those shoes that I, I think is another one of the ones in the early eras when they started making the shoes in different colorways, not just the ones for for the players. And no, the, no, and no, hundred percent. I mean, to, like I said, still to this day, there's like I'm, I'm pretty sure a sh- uh, another variation colorway is about to come out in another couple of weeks. Yeah, so it's, but some like of them, said, some of those are new, just like with the Jordan. Yeah, some of the, I mean, but, like I said, still. there's there's that shoe is still profiting for Nike still to this oh, day, and, and, and it's, it's going to always be a classic. Always will, and I think Scotty Pippen has a lot of respect for that. So shout out to Scotty. Shout out to Sean Kemp. You know what I'm saying? So. With, with that being said, if you feel a little froggy, go buy a pair of freaking Sean Kemp kamikazes. 
I'm, I'm sure if you can't find some in the store, you can find them up on some StockX or something. And I think oh, they're absolutely. pretty much they they pretty much go for retail anyways you on be there. Careful with StockX. StockX doesn't do the guarantee no more, so you're not guaranteed to get a real pair or not. So, so and I put the parentheses in there when I said it too to make it legit. So so we need to go to goat. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and by the way, you know, uh, feel free to uh, tag us on Instagram. We're trying to figure out the Instagram. We have the old No Boundaries Instagram, but we're trying to get into that again because it's been a while. So, but if we have to, I would love to see, we would love to see your guys' kick of the day. Tag us, you know what I'm saying? Tags, hashtag uh, KOTD. KOTD, hashtag No Boundaries Sports. When it gets up and running, so I wanted to let you guys know that. So that would be one thing that I would love to look forward to doing is Tell us what shoes you're wearing, regardless of what it is. I don't care if it's Jordan, Adidas, Reebok, Converse, Pumas. Crocs, Pumas, whatever you got, I love to see. It could even be some Jordan mids because I don't like mids. But if you want to rock your mids and you want to show them to us, I will be more than happy to accept it and heart that picture. Sometimes it's hard for me to do, but I will heart it for you just because you're doing it for us. That's from the bottom of my heart. I feel like so. that was a slight call out for me, but it's all good. I, I love you anyways. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the Jordan 1 high tops, but uh, I, 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 I like the mids a little bit better. But, uh, hey, great show. Thank you guys for joining us for No Boundary Sports Talk. I'm your boy, Craig. For my boy, Derek, it's been a great show. See you guys next week.